May God's words be spoken. May God's words be heard. Amen. So we just heard the opening verses from the Gospel of Mark, starring that locust and honey-eating prophet of fame, John the Baptizer. No, he's not called John the Baptist. Did you notice that? We call him John the Baptist, but he was not referred to that in Scripture. And he's telling us to prepare the way for the one who is to come. Well, to understand the entire passage and what it means for us today, let's, let's dig a little deeper. This is the earliest of our canonical Gospels to be written, and scholars date it to around 68 to 70 CE, around the time of the second destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. Now, we don't know the names of any of the Gospel writers, so we will just call him Mark, since that is our tradition. He was a Jew writing for Jews, and he wrote... And as he wrote, the dust was rising from the rubble of the sacred space, tradition seemingly lost, a people scattered and afraid. Is it any wonder that they might have been feeling that all was lost? And this is how he decided to tell the story of Jesus to them. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. What? No sweet baby in a manger? No peace on earth, goodwill to all? How is that any help? But here's the thing. We're looking at this from our context, not his. Now, if I were to say to all of you, "'Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house, what comes next?" Right! <laughs> we know that story by heart, don't we? And not for nothing, as Episcopalians, we should, because it was written, after all, by Clement Moore, who was a professor at the General Theological Seminary, the Episcopal Seminary in New York City, the land for which had been donated by him. Clement Moore's father, Benjamin Moore, was not a painter, as you might think. He was an Episcopal bishop. So in a way, our church, the Episcopal church, has a deep tie to this story. Go figure. And now you know... I, need, I, I don't know what happened to my little rainbow thing. Anyway, but in much the same way that we know what lines come next in that passage. The people to whom this author of this gospel was writing knew what came next too. And they needed to hear it. And so do we. So, it's a good thing we did. It was read in the passage from Isaiah and it goes like this. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. 
A people standing amidst violence and destruction, confused and afraid, crying out for justice, for peace, for hope, are reminded that God will make new things out of the old things that have been destroyed. Valleys will be lifted, mountains leveled, rough places smooth. And these words would bring to mind something just as important too. The verses just before it, where God says, comfort, oh, comfort my people. Comfort, oh, comfort my people. How they needed to be reminded of this, and we certainly need to hear this today. In this world where war is creating orphans, refugees, and victims of violence and sexual assault, where people are killed at school or at work or while shopping, and where our country is facing a possible constitutional crisis, where people are afraid to be who God made them to be, and our earth is struggling from our abuse, we need to stop for a moment and remember what Advent is about, and especially what Mark is emphatically trying to tell us. God will bring comfort to us. God will restore us. And perhaps most of all, God is present with us. That's good news indeed, then and now. Amidst all the uncertainty of our world, we too stand in the midst of rubble, of destruction, and we're given assurance that our God is present, our God is with us, our God will bring comfort to us. But there's more for those listening then and for us today. Because when we do read on past those opening verses of Mark, what do we discover? That this good news did not first come to the powerful, to the included ones, to the insiders. No, John the baptizer goes to the ones on the edges of the wilderness who live in the margins. God cannot be contained inside a temple nor destroyed by any force of humanity. God will be found most especially alongside the poor and the outcast, the stranger and the sick, the marginalized and the oppressed. This good news of Jesus Christ is one that topples more than stone. It upturns the world order, making all things new while uniting heaven and earth. As one commentator put it, there's a radical disorientation in the beginning and ending of this gospel. And we might ask ourselves to what extent a season of preparation demands a certain disoriented expectancy. Anything for which we wait, everything in which we hope, rarely turns out to be what we imagined. A radical disorientation. A disoriented expectancy. Yes! Yes, that is what Advent and the birth of Jesus will bring. And it's very true that the things for which we hope or, or wait for, rarely turn out to be what we imagined. They can be, 
and often are far more. This disoriented expectancy portends a beginning, a beginning in us. Because God's response to our distress, this comfort we seek, isn't something about something long ago. The birth we await in Advent may have been the start of this radical disorientation, but it surely didn't end there. It was only the beginning. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we are now the ones to prepare the way baptized in the Holy Spirit as we are in our baptism in Christ, we continue the story. We proclaim the good news of Jesus. Out of the darkness from the depths of our mourning over what is happening all around us, we cry out to God for comfort. And God answers back with love and a call to prepare the way for God's work in the world, the work of radical disorientation, the work of of Jesus. Perhaps that's why the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. used this passage in his dream speech. Dr. King said, I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood with this faith. We will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. Advent prepares us to see the darkness of the world, not so we can despair, but so that we can act, so that we can continue the story. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ is one part of the larger story of God at work in the world, into which we are called to join in God's radical disorientation for the sake of the world. For if we are to be comforted, we must choose to make new paths for the light of God's love. The paths we make will be forged by truth, the truth we proclaim. The light that guides us is the Christ within us. The places we will go will be to the ones God despairs for the most, the hated, the oppressed, the poor, the marginalized, the earth and all the creatures that inhabit it. We will prepare a way of being and bring about a radical disorientation that lifts every valley and lowers every mountain, that makes the crooked places straight and levels the uneven ground upon which we walk. It is our hope. It was King's dream. It is God's promise. And from this, 
From this, the comfort we seek, we will find. Because darkness will no longer be for us a cause of mourning, but an opportunity to partner with God, a chance to be a part of that radical disorientation, to be a part of the never-ending story of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen.